What's up, what's up, Illini Nation? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Illini right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Ricky Widmer, and I am back for another edition of this great podcast talking about our great team, the Illinois Fighting Illini, both basketball and football. And I got a jam-packed show for you guys today. Got a very exciting show, too, because we got him. We got him. Adam Miller is a member or has committed to be a member of the Illinois Fighting Illini. I don't know about you guys, but I was very nervous today. All today, I was like, you know what? Going into this, is he going to pick us? Is he not? I was on Twitter, and I'm like, I'm seeing the dude. He might go and pick Arizona. Arizona's kind of favorite. I saw another one where it's like, oh, no, he's going to pick Louisville. And I'm like, all over again, top recruit, not going to pick Illinois. We're turning that page. We're making sure that recruits are not going to think of us that way as we land Adam Miller, one of the top 30 prospects, depending on where you look, top 30 or just out of the top 30 prospects. But he is the second-ranked recruit in the state of Illinois, right behind DJ Stewart. I'm going to talk about that, obviously, and what it means for the fighting Illini future of Illinois basketball next year. Then after that, I'm going full-on football. The Illinois Fighting Illini go into Iowa City this weekend to play the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm going to be looking at that game the rest of the way. Going to be looking at the offense, going to be looking at the defense, letting you know exactly what I think the Illini need to do if they want to come out with a W this week in Iowa City. Before we get into everything, though, make sure to, number one, follow us on Locked on Illini on Twitter. If you're driving in your car, go ahead, park, I'll wait, you go ahead, click that follow button, then you go ahead and continue on your way. Otherwise, if you want to contact the show, you can always do it through email, LockedOnIllini.com. As I've been saying for what, this is the fifth time now, I would love to be able to do a mailbag each and every week, and that's how you do it. Twitter, you can send me the tweets at LockedOnIllini, or you can send me your emails at LockedOnIllini at gmail.com. But let's get into it. The biggest news of the day, biggest news probably of the week for the Illinois Fighting Illini is that Adam Miller, the four-star guard out of Chicago, Illinois, a Morgan Park High School player right now, chose the Illinois Fighting Illini over his other two top three teams of the Arizona Wildcats and the Louisville Cardinals. And just to read... A little bit. I'm getting this from 247sports.com. They've got some quotes from Miller. As he said, I've played ball all around the state my whole life. I wanted to go somewhere where I could be bigger than life. And I feel like that's at Illinois as a basketball player. I could have played at any school in the country because I'm skilled and I'm talented. But more importantly, I'm tough. So it was more than just basketball. Um, He went on to say... Um, this was the article then says how he talked about, um, his recruitment visit with Arizona, one of the finalists, um, and the longer Miller's recruitment went, the more prox, uh, the more proximity to home becomes a factor. He said about that. It wasn't a big factor until the end because I really liked every school, even in my top six, but I mean, I know I'm going to be great because the people around me won't let me fail and playing basketball in front of them is even more motivation. So this one's big. I mentioned when, what, it was an episode or two ago when I talked about um, Curbelo 
I talked about what that could mean if we got Adam Miller, and Adam Miller is going to be an amazing player for us. He's going to be a scorer. He's going to be a shooter. He's going to be, basically, he can play both guard positions, but he is going to be, in my mind, our leading scorer next year. He's going to be our number one option, our guy that we put the put the basically put the team on your back to is what he's going to be doing. AO is going to leave. He's going to be in the NBA next year. Adam Miller is taking his spot. Adam Miller is going to be the prime time. And I kind of think about that. I'll get into that later. Kind of saying he's the prime time player at Illinois. Cause it all depends on what's going on with Kofi. But I mean, he's going to be the guy next year. He is the guy for us in this stacked class because now that we have Adam Miller committed to Illinois, like I mentioned, he is the number two recruit in the state. The only one ranked above him is Whitney Young's DJ Stewart, who obviously committed, I believe he even signed um, with the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, he signed with the Duke Blue Devils, so he is going to Duke for sure. He's the only one above Adam Miller. So, I mean... What this did for our recruiting class overall is overall now we sit just out of the top 10. We are the 11th ranked program with three recruits in the nation. The only 10 schools above us, you got Baylor at 10, Utah at 9, Virginia at 8, Marquette's at 7, Texas Tech is at 6, NC State at 5, Tennessee at 4, North Carolina at 3, Duke at 2, and Kentucky at number one. And I think for me, first off, that's huge just to see Illinois outside the top 10, just right there, even if it's at 11, outside the top 10 nationally for a recruiting class. And we jumped seven spots within the conference. We are now the best recruiting class in the Big Ten Conference. We were originally the eighth best Now we're automatically, we jump all the way to number one just with the recruitment of Adam Miller. So, I mean, this is huge for us. This is going to mean whatever we do this season is going to be built on next year. We're with Adam Miller, with Curbelo. I wouldn't be surprised if coming into next year, we're looking at us as the favorites to win, either one of the favorites to win the Big Ten Conference or definitely a top four team in the conference, a team that's going to be a higher seed than we normally would have been getting. And maybe depending on how they play next year, this could be a team that we look for where it's like, okay, how deep, how deep could we go in the NCAA tournament to where it's like, it's not like, oh, well, if we get to the second round, we get to the sweet 16, that's good. It's like, no, no, no. This team might be the expectations might be a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Last thing I kind of wanted to bring up is I mentioned a lot of their stuff because they do a lot of great pieces. Um, and one of them is Reese Woodcock over at writingalini.com has a great article. I'm going to put it on our Twitter page at lockdown Illini so that you guys can read it. He did an article where he projected the Illini lineup with Adam Miller next year And I just wanted to run it down for you. So the way he has it written down is at the point guard position is going to be Andre Curbelo. Talked about him about um, a week ago. Backup is going to be DeMonte Williams. Um, Then at the two guard is going to be Trent Frazier with Alan Griffin 
and Austin uh, Austin Hutcherson backing up Trent Frazier. Then at the three guard, so three guard slash forward, he's got the big primetime guy that we got, Adam Miller, with um, Jacob Grandison backing him up. Then at the four, he's got Benjamin Bozeman Verdonk um, with Coleman Hawkins um, backing up Verdonk. And then at the five, he's got Georgie with the backup being Jermaine Hamlin. And that lineup right there should get you excited. The only thing, and this is kind of the caveat for this Illini team and what's going to be the big piece moving forward is we're setting up a nice team. Curbella was a nice commitment, a nice sign. Adam Miller, he is the big prize. He's the big fish for this team. To me, the question is what's going on with Kofi? With Kofi, how much he's dominating. Um, Reese in this article, the reason why he is Georgie at the five, he says, I have Georgie starting at the five for the Illini. Some of you might ask where Kofi Coburn is on this list. Well, with the way he's playing, I believe he will be a one and done for this program. So, I mean, definitely putting up the numbers like a one and done, but we'll have to see Kofi Coburn. Does he move into that NFL or not NFL, that NBA draft talk? Does he get scouted? Is he going to be enough of a high enough pick for him to want to leave the program? Because I'll tell you, if Kofi does the same thing that AO did just a year ago, says, ah, you know what? I'm getting looked at from by some NFL or by some NBA teams. I keep saying NFL for some reason. By some NBA teams, but I think I can boost that draft stock up with another year. Dude, if Kofi comes back and we've got Curbelo, we've got Miller, we've got Frazier, we've got Kofi with Georgie then backing him up, there's no way this team should not be a top team and a favorite to win the Big Ten next year and be a team that should go far in the NCAA tournament. But let me know what you guys think down below. Am I getting too ahead of myself? I know we're, we should be excited about this for the Illini because it's been a wild ride for us because always in the back of my head, I just I keep thinking for me personally that Cliff Alexander um, decision where it's like, these guys, we get excited. Oh, my God, we're in the finals. Could we be the up? Oh, and they chose another school. We're Now we're finally seeing it. We saw it two years ago with AO. We see it with Kofi. Now we see it with Adam Miller. These big time, especially AO and Miller, these big time Chicago prospects are picking us. And Adam Miller could be a great case for if he has a successful year, he's a high draft pick in the NBA, we can then pitch that to high-end recruits and maybe get more of them in the future. But obviously, let me know what you guys are thinking about it. We're going to take a break, but when I come back, I'm going to be looking at the rest of the show, Illinois versus the Iowa Hawkeyes this weekend in football. Going to look at the offense, then take a look at the defense. Let me let you know what each side of the ball has to do to win the game. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back into the podcast, and let's take a look now. We're going from basketball into, we're actually going outside now, the Illinois football team this weekend on Saturday. We'll walk into Kinnick Stadium. We'll go into Iowa City to take on the Iowa 
Hawkeyes. And how I plan to do this the rest of the way is first, I'm going to take a look at the offense, let you know what the offense needs to do in order to win this game. Then we'll take another break. And then when I come back, we'll take a look at the full defense and see exactly what Illinois needs to do defensively in order to win this game. Then at the very end, I will give you my prediction for the game, final prediction heading into Saturday and what to expect in the outcome. But before I get into that, let's kind of just overall, just kind of set up the game where this is an Illinois team. Obviously, we're coming off of a bye week, but we are coming into this game on an impressive, impressive four-game winning streak. Um, obviously the big comeback win over Michigan state feeling that coming off the bye though. So it's not like we're coming right off of that game. Iowa, a different story. Their winners, three of their last four, um, two weeks ago, they took an L up at camp Randall, um, in Wisconsin, a two point loss. However, they're coming off of a big win last week where they defended their home field They gave Minnesota a top 10 team in the nation their first loss and also it's senior day for the Hawkeyes in this one. So there's going to be a lot of emotions kind of running high for Iowa. And one of the big things is, will they be able to keep that in check? Because not only is it senior day, you're a little ramped up a little bit on senior day. Seniors last time playing in front of that Kinnick Stadium crowd, especially with all the tradition and all the passion that you see with that fan base. On top of that, you're coming off of a win where you got to beat the Golden Gophers and give them their first loss. So, I mean, could be a very ramped-up Iowa team. Take that as you like. A yin and yang. Is it a good? Is it a bad? Um, Could go either way for the Hawkeyes. But, The Illini offense, I think it's very simple. There are two things, two things that this offense needs to do if they want to be successful this Saturday. The first one is they have to protect Brandon Peters. They must protect Brandon Peters because there's no joke that this Iowa team has a studded defense, has a studded pass rush, and this pass rush is led by an NFL draft prospect premiere. He's been low. He's been high right now. He's on the uptick, um, kind of rising up draft boards. And that's AJ Epinesa. And he's a special talent. He knows how to get to the quarterback and he knows how to sack the quarterback as well. And if you look at Brandon Peters and the sack numbers throughout the last few games through this winning streak, For the Fighting Illini, Purdue, they weren't able to get after Peters. He only was sacked once. Rutgers only sacked him twice. However, you look at Wisconsin and Michigan State, Wisconsin was able, Wisconsin, better defense, was able to get to Brandon Peters a total of four times in that game. Michigan State also got to him three times. So, I mean, that's going to be a big thing. This offensive line... This offense needs to do things to help Brandon Peters because, let's be honest, Brandon Peters is good, but he's not going to be a guy that kills you with his arm each and every game. We got to do him a solid, and we got to protect him, and we have to make sure that he spends most of the game upright 
and not on his back. That's going to be number one. Will it be an easy job for the Illini offensive line? No, it's not going to be easy, but that's going to be number one. They got to protect Brandon Peters and they have to make sure they give him a chance to throw the ball down the field to our wide receivers. And then the other one is kind of this one's secondary. It also kind of goes hand in hand with the offensive line and them protecting Brandon Peters because I mentioned A.J. Epinesa where he's a guy that not only can he get after the quarterback, he can also find the ball when it's in the running back's hands as well. And, like, you look at Reggie Corbin, we got to get him going in this game. I feel like for some reason I think that the run game is going to be uber important for this Illinois team. And you look at Reggie Corbin, hasn't had a, first off, hasn't had a 100-yard game since the loss to Nebraska earlier in the year. The EMU and the Nebraska game were the last time he went over 100 yards. He hasn't even had over 80 yards since the Wisconsin game. And I know what you're saying. Well, Ricky, yards doesn't mean everything. He has had four touchdowns in the, or three touchdowns, pardon me, in the last four games. And I feel like getting Reggie Corbin into this game is not only going to help him and help us kind of break that pass rush for A.J. Epinesa and the Iowa team, if we're able to do that, kind of keep this Iowa team on their heels, it's going to make sure that that pass rush isn't getting straight to Brandon Peters because I kind of have a feeling that you look at last week's game against our two weeks ago. We had the bye last week. Um, two weeks ago when we had that miraculous comeback against Michigan State, they didn't have the same kind of pass rush that an Iowa has. So, I mean, you look at it and I mean, Brandon Peters threw 42 times in that game. Reggie Corbin only ran the ball seven times. Dre Brown also ran the ball nine times. Um, and Brandon Peters technically had eight carries um, for negative nine yards. But I mean, you look at that and I feel like Corbin and even Brown have to be a bigger part of the game plan because this is going to be a team in Iowa that if Brandon Peters throws 42 plus times in this game, that's not going to bode well. That's going to mean guys like Epinesa can just kind of pin the ears back and target Brandon Peters and not have to worry about anything. So, I mean, kind of a yin and yang here. A one, like one goes in the hand of the other where maybe I should have flipped these. Maybe the rushing attack is more important because it helps out the offensive line because the other thing you got to think about is I'm harping, harping, harping on the pass rush for Iowa, their secondary is no joke either. Like their secondary can get after the ball. They usually have some of the best ball hawking um, safeties and ball hawking corners that you've ever seen. So, I mean, you look at it and I go, the defense is going to be a tough matchup. We got to be committed to the run game. We have to, if the run game doesn't work, and we have to rely too much on the pass, or if we get down big in this game, and I'm going to talk about the Iowa offense um, going up against our defense in the next segment, but 
if we get down like we were against Michigan State, if we have a, let's see, what was it, um, 27, no, it was 28, 28 to 3. If we're down by that much, I don't know if we're coming back. I don't know if we're going to be able to put 27 points up in a quarter on this defense, which yet again goes into, I'll get in the next segment, how I don't even know if this is going to be a high-scoring game. But, yeah, got to protect Brandon Peters and what kind of goes hand-in-hand, and we got to get that run game going to kind of help out with that first point. So, I mean, let me know what you guys think. Obviously, Twitter, at Lockdown Illini, email Lockdown um, Illini at gmail.com. What are your keys of the game for the offense? What do they need to do? Am I right on? Am I right off? Um, let me know what you guys are thinking. We're going to actually take another break, though, and when I come back, we're going to flip over to the other side of the ball. We're going to take a look at the Illinois defense, kind of see what they have to do in order to get the W this Saturday, and then I'm going to give you my final prediction. So don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. And let's close out the podcast taking a look at the Illinois defense. What do they need to do this weekend against Iowa's offense in order to get the W? And just like I did for the offense, there's kind of two keys for me in this one. The first one, I'm going to kind of piggyback off of what I said something for the Illinois offense, and that is Illinois' offense needs to be committed to the run game. They need to have a successful game running the football on the other side our defense has to stop the run and this year has been kind of an interesting year for the Iowa run game because in years past like for example two years ago when Iowa beat us 45 to 16 in Iowa City that was the game where think back so we've got Jeff George Jr. instead of Brandon Peters Nate Stanley's still there because, you know, he's been at Iowa forever, but they had Wadley as their running back. Wadley on 23 carries torched us for 115 yards and a touchdown. Iowa was an easy winner in that game. And this year, though, for Iowa, even last year, they had um, Makai Sargent, who's on the team this year, last year torched us for 121 yards two touchdowns, 17 carries. You also had uh, Torin Young, 14 yards, 67 carries, and two touchdowns in that 63 to nothing game last year in Champaign. That's going to be a big key. We got to limit this rushing attack. However, rushing attack hasn't been what it was last year. It hasn't been what it was two years ago under Wadley. This has been, to me, a weaker Iowa rushing attack because yes, they still have Sargent out there, but it's not like he's the main back and he makes this thing go. They also got Tyler Goodson out there that can make you pay. And looking at Iowa this year, you look back to last week, Minnesota Goodson gets 94 yards on 13 carries and a touchdown. Sargent only had 18 on six, but the main rusher, 94 yards and a touchdown, Iowa wins that game. Because you know Nate Stanley, he's getting his touchdowns. He's got two touchdowns in that game. So it's kind of like you let them, if you let the run game have success, 
you're going to lose. Because if you look at each of Iowa's losses this year, you look at the loss to Wisconsin. Torn Young only had 44 yards. Goodson, 26 yards. Sargent, 21 yards. They didn't get in the end zone. Nate Stanley had two touchdowns. They lose 24, or, yeah, 24 to 22. Against Penn State, Goodson, 35 yards. Young, 22 yards. Sargent, 18 yards. Nate Stanley has one touchdown, one interception, though, in this game. They lose 17 to 12. Then you look at the Michigan game. Nate Stanley played terrible in that game. Terrible because of turnovers. Had three interceptions, no touchdowns. Didn't look like Nate Stanley in that game. But you look at the rushing attack. Young, 40 yards. Goodson, 15 yards. Sargent, 12 yards. That's what you need. You need... I Like, I don't want to say shut down because it's going to be a hard task to shut down any offense. But if this Illini defense can limit the Iowa rushing attack and make sure they are not a big part of the game, make sure they don't get into the end zone. That's another big thing. Wisconsin, Penn State, Michigan, they all have one thing in common. They kept running backs from Iowa out of the end zone rushing the football. So that's going to be number one, limit the rushing attack for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Number two is simple. You gotta, gotta, gotta win the turnover battle. When I look at Rutgers and Purdue, I kind of push to the side in this four-game win streak because really I expected to beat those two teams. I expected to beat Purdue. I expected to beat um, Rutgers this year. It was really the Wisconsin and Michigan State games that make this such a big, big run. And when you look at those two games, especially for um, the Illini defense, just two weeks ago in that comeback against Michigan State, we forced four turnovers in that game. We only turned the ball over twice. Michigan State turned the ball over four times in that game. Same thing for Wisconsin. We only turned the ball over once. Wisconsin turned the ball over three times in that game. That's our second key. And yet again, just like the offense, maybe I should have led with this one because maybe it's the more important key to this game. But you got to win the turnover battle. We must win the turnover battle. This defense, even if we don't, and it's a wash, the defense has to get turnovers in this game. If we don't get turnovers, if we don't force Nate Stanley to throw an interception, because he will throw an interception, he's prone to them. If we don't get that, if we don't get any turnovers at all, we're going to lose. Like, the, like yes, Nate Stanley, the last three games has been clean. He has been clean. No interceptions. Wisconsin hasn't gotten one on him. Minnesota didn't. Northwestern didn't. But you know who did? Michigan got three on him. Purdue got one on him. Penn State got one. You gotta, you gotta, gotta, gotta get those turnovers. It doesn't even need to be an interception. It could be a fumble. 
from one of the running backs. We need to get those turnovers if we want to win. And that leads me into my prediction for this game. Because if you look at the betting odds, I talked about this earlier this week when I gave my kind of early early thoughts about the game. We're a 15 and a half point underdog in this game. And I remember um, one of my coworkers, I was talking to him. He's an Iowa fan and he kind of, he's a betting man more than I am. Um, He's a betting man. He was talking about the spread and he goes, ah, 15 and a half. You know, I, I, I could see Iowa going out and winning by that much, but he goes, I can also see Iowa, what Iowa loves to do. And this plays into what I said in the, Second segment, Iowa loves to play either up or down to their opponents. Minnesota last week, they played up to that opponent. Illinois, they could play down to that opponent. Look at Purdue. They only won 26-20. Played down to that opponent in Iowa City. They could do the same thing this week. So I think it's a lower-scoring affair. I mean, I've looked at different websites. Like I looked at HawkeyeNation.com. They've got the game. Their prediction is, let's see, if I scroll down, they've got Iowa winning 30-17. to 17. I don't really see that. I think it's going to be closer than 30-17. to 17. Um, Also, SaturdayBlitz.com with the fan-sided network. Um, they have the prediction being Iowa 21, Illinois 13, And although this is going to be a tough game, if you asked me the probability of us winning, I'd probably say 30 if I'm being generous. But yet again, I'm going to be kind of a homer in this. I'm going to be boring and I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to say we win 17 to 14. I don't think it's a high-scoring game. I think the defenses rule this game. They will rule... The day Nate Stanley will get his two touchdowns. That's where Iowa gets their 14 points. I think Brandon Peters has a touchdown. Reggie Corbin has a touchdown. Um, and then we kind of we kick a field goal and win it. Could be his time expiring. Could be late in the fourth. But I think that's what happens. If I'm going to write the story, I'm going to paint the picture. Iowa's going to jump up 7-0. Seven, seven they may even jump up 14-0. We come back. We tie the game. I'm going to say they jump out 7-0. Then we get our offense going. We score on the ground with Reggie Corbin. Iowa scores again, makes it 14-7. Brandon Peters, a touchdown. I'm just going to go to Bebe, but could beat anybody. Um, We tied at 14. And then late in the fourth, middle of the fourth, probably late in the fourth. I don't know if it's going to be his time expiring, but late in the fourth, we kick a field goal, we go up 17-14, to 14, and that's how the game ends. So, obviously, go over to Twitter, Lockdown Illini, let me know what you guys are thinking. Also, you can email me your thoughts at LockedOnIllini at gmail.com. want to thank you guys for checking out yet another podcast. I hope that this weekend game for the Fighting Illini football team is a good one. We also have Fighting Illini basketball going on this weekend as the team plays, I think it's Hampton is who we're playing 
on Saturday. I'm going to pull that up real quick here on the podcast. I know doing live things on the podcast probably isn't the best idea, but yeah, we're playing Hampton. The Pirates are three and one on Saturday. So let's hope it's a good weekend for Illinois. Get a win on the hardwood, get a win on the football field. Um, obviously, let me know your thoughts, like I said, at Lockdown Illini um, on Twitter or LockdownIllini at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this podcast. Hopefully, I'm talking about two wins when I come back and talk to you guys on Monday. But have fun, enjoy the games, and as always, have a good day, everybody.